You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into a very special edition of the Bear Down Chicago Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dangle, not Brendan Chagru. I, gentlemen, can we, though, give a quick round of applause for Brendan Chagru for not only hosting last week and doing a just a killer, killer job, but lining up, dare I say, the biggest guest? I mean, Adam Rank was huge. That was a big get. Mark Grody, huge guest. But this might be the biggest, maybe? I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> well, first off, first off, guys, it's stop. I'm just it's it's just fun to talk to, you know, Chicago sports people. And he he may we'll see if he's the biggest, but he definitely has the smallest hands, I think, of any guest that we've interviewed. There's a lot of jokes about this man's hands. <laughs> it's good stuff, too. Nikhil Harry, are you out there? Are you listening? Are you looking for a new home in the Chicagoland area? Are you thinking about buying or selling a house in the Chicagoland area by chance? There's only one person and one person only if you're looking to do so, and that's Jeff Cadwalder with App Properties. Jeff is making it happen for his buyers, using proven tactics to help his buyers get the contracts. And it's not about paying the highest price either. Contact Jeff today to learn more. You can visit GenevaJeff.com or call or text him at 630-254-4734. Hey, Will. It's Sheridan's Barbershop. Thanks for supporting us. Thanks for cutting my hair today. Thanks for cutting Ryan's hair today. That was really cool. We saw each other there. Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 68 years with six barbers and open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. Sheridan'sBarbershop.com. That's C-O-M, Sheridan'sBarbershop.com. 630-668-0137 on the phone. Book your appointment today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. So I'm sitting there getting my fantastic haircut from Will at Sheridan's. And he goes, did you know that Jack has an appointment like right after you? And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Like, there is no way that this like, how does that happen? Like, I actually thought you planned that because no. I saw you guys posted a video outside Sheridan's. I was like, oh, that's cute. They they had a little hair date together. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Compl- I swear to you, I had no idea that he was going to be there. So I sent him a picture. I'm like, hey, buddy, get my haircut. He goes, wait, I'm going to get my haircut. He shows up and we obviously had to get the video on Instagram. So folks, if you are not following us on Instagram or Facebook, please, please get after that um, on Instagram and Twitter. We are at bear down chai pod. All right, guys, we are so, so excited to bring in our special guest. He is fresh off the air. That's, that's really rare right now. He is the voice of Chicago sports radio. He is Mark Silverman, AKA Sylvie from the Waddle and Sylvie show. Sylvie, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much. 
that is high praise too. I saw that in a tweet and I'm like, Whoa, are they talking about me? But um, <laughs> I appreciate you guys. And it means a lot that you listen and thanks for having me on today. Of course. So I think this is kind of rare. Like for people who don't know, we're catching you right after one of your shows that you do on ESPN 1000. And I just kind of want to know real quickly before we get into bear stuff, what goes through your head right after a show? Like you just spoke to thousands of listeners across the world, really? Like, is that kind of still surreal to you? Like after doing it all these years? Um, you know, there are, there are still moments when it is surreal. Like if we're talking to a guest, but like as I'm sitting right now, getting on the express in the express lanes uh, from the Ontario feeder ramp, you know, and I, this is usually like where I'm like chilling out, decompressing or like I usually this is my, my uh, call waiting may ring because it may be my mom. I haven't talked to her this week. So this is like the time where I'm just like talking to my mom or something like that. But yeah, not usually after the show, but there will be days where I'm taking my kids to something or people recognize me or come up to us or want pictures and uh, it's still surreal to be standing there with my kids and, and people wanting to actually meet us. Sylvie, I'm sorry, I got to ask. Did, so quick two-part question. Did you tell everybody at the studio about your appearance here tonight and how palpable was the buzz? <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, there was we had multiple towels in the studio because I was sweating and I'm very uh, anxious about it. I wanted to make sure with the high praise that I delivered. And, and yes, it was, I mean, it felt like almost a playoff type atmosphere in the studio, <laughs> whatever that means, because I don't know what playoffs are like much anymore <laughs> with, with, oh. with what's going on in Chicago sports. I know, I know. So Sylvie, can I ask, you know, being in the business, how has that changed your own, especially bears sports fandom, but, but any of being a fan, it, you know, there's been stages where um, when I broke into the business originally and I was a reporter for WGN Radio in 95 and I was getting to cover, you know, those those last three Bulls championship teams. The other thing I was really doing was going to Hallis Hall every day, going to training camp every year. It's why ESPN hired me in 98 was to be the Bears reporter, um, even though I felt like I, I'm well-rounded they loved the way I covered the bears so like in the years that I covered the bears it took away from my fandom like probably most reporters that you would talk to and when it becomes a job and when you're looking for sound bites and you're looking to break stories and some of those bears teams weren't very good the 97 bears that I covered were awful the 98 bears were terrible Jerron takes over 99 2000 they're not very good, but then Erlacher's drafted. 01 turns out to be great. And then you're starting to feel why you became a Bears fan, even though you're you're covering them and even though you're not supposed to root for them. Because the reason I got into the business is I'm a sports fan. So you always have it in, in the back of your head. You know, you gotta be a professional, but what your emotions are, you can't really control. But then as soon as I started developing more as a talk show host in the mid two thousands is when my bears love really came back where it was less about covering the team and less about the stories and just 
I was covering the team in a show as an opinion, wanting what all, all the people listen want, and that's the Bears to be good, and that's the Bears to be um, winning and, and, and championships and Super Bowls. So I think really that Super Bowl team right around there, you know, 05, 06 is when I started to get to root for them a little bit more and it became less of a job. And that's where I'm currently now trying to raise kids who will eventually root for the bears, but it's a really tough sell right now. Yeah, that that's so true. I, I, I know having to buy my kid uh, Patrick Mahomes jerseys for Christmas, it's not fun. Uh, so I want to transition quickly into, um, you know, some current bears topics and you've seen a lot of head coaches in, in your time covering the bears and I think a lot of us kind of got bamboozled by Nagy in 2018, thinking he was a great head coach. Maybe we jumped the gun. Uh, but I'm curious, what sorts of things are you looking for this year from Matt Eberflus to kind of get a sense of whether he could be a capable head coach? And maybe what kind of lessons did you learn from that 2018 season uh, in evaluating head coaches? You know, it's tough to, to learn a lesson. It's an interesting case study, right, where. You know, 17, Foxy's the coach. They're trying to play a rookie quarterback who the general manager believed in. And then they hire this new coach with zero expectations of them to win. And they go 12 and four. And there are these flash moments early in the year, six touchdown game against Tampa, you know, just some amazing plays at the goal line. And like, I don't know how you can learn from that because if you don't get caught up in the wave, then are you really a Bears fan? Do you know what I mean? Like how, how else are you supposed to think other than, hey, oh my gosh, this guy has taken a team that was still sort of in a rebuild and he's made them 12 and four. And I know like now when we're moved, we could look at what Vic Fangio meant and how much, you know, the defense really did carry that team and everything like that. But I don't know if there's anything we can pull from that and say, well, I'm going to learn my lesson this time from Eberflus because if Eberflus goes 12 and four and Fields throws a six touchdown game and has some other decent moments and sets up a game winning field goal in a playoff game, you know, I think we're still going to like it. And, and just getting to your other point about what I'm looking for. Yes, we could really drill down and we can look at uh, his defense. Are they going to take the ball away? Are they going to make Eddie Jackson good again? But it's to me, it, it starts and ends with Justin Fields. And if by the end of the year, we know with what they have around him, which isn't a ton, if they can make all of us believe that Justin Fields is indeed our true franchise quarterback, then I think the goals will be reached for 2022. So, Sylvie, speaking of Justin Fields, you've been on the radio saying that you you still believe in him, but you believe in him maybe just a little less or you're maybe a little less optimistic than you were last year is it because of just kind of his rookie struggles is it because of the coach the weapons or maybe all of the above all of the above all of it and the scars that I have all over my body for like just absolutely believing in every ounce of my brain and my heart that Jay Cutler was going to be a superstar um you know and and going down while he wasn't supported or he wasn't this and I'm just like it's what I've been saying. I'm just nervous for this year. I'm nervous um, because there are obvi there are obviously issues that he needs to get over. They're trying to work on it, but 
it's still a rookie head coach with a guy who's never called plays before on the NFL level and Getsy with a quarterback who has never had true NFL success with a cast around him. That isn't the best. So like when you add that all together, I don't know how you can't be nervous. There are a lot of people who drink the Kool-Aid who will tell you, Oh, they're fine. They're fine. But you know, I want to believe that's fine. I'm hoping and praying that it's fine, but I just want to be, like when they drafted him, I'm like, this is the most talented quarterback we've ever had. His arm is great. He's a fantastic athlete. He's super smart. He had great success in a big college uh, on championship level games. He's bounced back from adversity, whether it was playing at Georgia to Ohio State, whether it was coming off of a bad Northwestern game, playing well in another game. There's so much to love that I'm just, I'm, I'm taking a step back this year and I still think and hope he could be great but i need to see it sylvie bears training camp is right around the corner do you miss going to training camp and do you wish it was still at bear Bonnet? yeah so i miss it um i am gonna go this year i've already reached out to brandon faber where i mean the one convenient part about them in lake forest is i'm in the deerfield area and and with them practicing at 9 30 or 10 whatever it is and with now the COVID restrictions hopefully gone, like there will be times when I could just hop up, even if I go for an hour, an hour and a half, and just kind of before the show, check out what the Bears are doing that day. I mean, I think that goes a long way. So Faber's already given me approval. I miss Bourbon A because the thing about Bourbon A was um, there was a true connection with the fans. It was sort of like this football fest that Platteville, you guys are too young probably for Platteville, Wisconsin, but like Platteville was awesome. It's in this small college campus, a, few, a couple hundred miles away from Lake Forest. And like, you just would drive up and there were no gates. There were no nothing. You would park on the street and then you'd literally like just walk up to the field and, and bring your uh, lawn chair and just unfold it and watch a Bears football practice. So it was like super informal, but what, what Bourbon A was able to do was they took it to the next level of making it more of a fan experience. And they had a lot of the creature comforts with food and drink and, and different areas that you could entertain kids. So I'm definitely going to miss that. I'm the old guy, Sylvie, so I do remember Platteville. Yeah. Real, quickly, real quickly, I remember one time being at that camp. And, and Coach Dicka is racing across the field in his golf cart. And this poor little kid, he's like seven years old, is running after him with a pen and a football. And he's <laughs> yeah. saying, Coach Dicka, you promised. Coach Dicka. Oh, my God. And I just, it broke my heart. It still breaks my heart to this. He didn't hear the kid. He wasn't blowing him off. I just, I will never forget that moment. Yeah. I mean, and that, like the accessibility to the players and everything. It was unbelievable. And you go back before me, too, because the first year that I covered my first camp, I told you, 95, was the uh, great uh, Steve Walsh-Eric Kramer battle, where Kramer didn't originally get the job in 94 when they signed him. But then he, he did win the job in 95, and then they actually re rewrote the record books offensively. So that was my first camp in 95. So real quickly, Sylvia, you guys are going to do – 
shows at camp this year? You're just going to go to camp. As yeah, expected. I think I just uh, I don't think they let us do shows. Okay, because of the rights deals, and I don't know if they let any shows. But I'm going to go up and do what I did as a reporter. I'm going to go up and you know talk to some reporters, and you know hopefully one goal is that Waddle and I meet up there one day, and we could get you know we could at least introduce ourselves to Ryan Poles. Uh, Waddle knows Poles a little bit because he met him at the uh, Piccolo Awards and because they have the Boston College connection and uh, Ryan Poles' agent is Trace Armstrong and Waddle's very close with Trace. So, um, but we hope to sit down. Like, I want to meet Poles. I want to, I want to, I'd like, we haven't had him on the show yet. So maybe if we could tape an interview with him. But just kind of see the way a practice is run. Like you guys were asking me earlier about Eberflus, what he has to show you. I want to see like kind of tempo. Are they doing? What are they up to at camp? How does everybody look? You don't put a ton of stock into it, but what their football practice is. And, and if you can get that uh, a, a little bit of a hint on what they could be, let's, let's check it out. Hey, Sylvie, real quick, just to circle back on polls. I know you've talked a lot on your show uh, over the years about who's really in charge at Hallis Hall. Polls has made some interesting moves, let some people go. Do you get the sense that his, this is truly his team and he's in charge? Are you feeling better about that, that he's really the decision maker up there? Well, I like that he was able to hire his own coach. Um, you know, the whole Soup Campbell thing that came up recently where soup was a part of the committee, but then he was fired. It's kind of like a double-edged sword where you're like, only the bears could do this, where this guy could be a part of the hiring process. And then he gets fired. But if Brian Poles is the true football dictator, like I want, or like I want someone to have the ability to hire and fire coaches, hire uh, and fire uh, players and everything like that, for lack of a better term, then, I guess it's okay if, if there was something that he didn't like from Soup Campbell, he's now in charge. And I like that. I, I, I like less when Ted Phillips and George McCaskey are telling him what to do. And I feel like even though they say they don't interfere, they have gotten involved in football decisions and I think it's wrong. So for better or worse, we'll find out if he's making the right decisions, but I, I, I like that he's got, it seems to have final say on all these decisions. We have one more camp question for you. And, you know, we obviously you are not going to be doing shows from training camp this year, you know, as, as long as it's at Hallis Hall potentially, but what were some of your favorite memories or interviews that you had while in Bourbon a as part of Waddle and Sylvie? Because I know you guys had plenty of times where you had Cutler or some of the other players or coaches, uh, but what stands out to you most? Oh man, there's a lot. I think the times with Cuddy up there um, that we would get to go see Jay, uh, whether or Brandon Marshall, um, you know, I would talk to Jay on and off the field there. And we always had a good relationship the day before I'm trying to think it was, I think my last show before I got married in 2012. So it was August of 2012. It's going to be 10 years since I was married. Um, like that Thursday before I got married, like we arranged a special show for advice, like for me and like Erlacher came by. I've always had a really good relationship with Brian. Um, I was on the beat when he was drafted. Um, I was a reporter for many of those years. Um, even in the years he wasn't talking to local media, I still had a good relationship with him off the field where we were talking in the locker room. 
So I think those, those are the ones we would always get a good interview with the general manager or the head coach Nagy stop by a time or two. And it's just a good way to, you know, sort of even just chat some guys up off the air, which always goes a long way. So that way, when you do want them on the show, you know, they know who, who they're talking to on the other end. Sylvie, we're, we're definitely a Bears podcast, but we also like to be happy from time to time. And so we ask our guests some non-Bears related questions. So I don't know why you would find yourself in this situation, but hypothetically, let's say uh, you're in a situation where you need one person from ESPN 1000 to answer your phone call. Your life depends on it. Who are you calling? Who's picking up that phone? Right. So I like my life depends on it and I can make one phone call for to anyone I work with. Anyone, anyone in the studio. Yeah. But they have to answer on the first try. Who's picking up the phone on that first attempt? Who do you trust? Okay. So this isn't necessarily about who gives you the best advice to get you out of the problem. This is going to answer the phone, right? I know this is going. Yeah, because I, yeah, I feel like Yurko would get you out of any situation, right? He'd probably be the default. Sure. Yeah, and he, <laughs> I don't know if he would pick up. Yurko and right. I, I don't know if it's a surprise. While we'll text, we don't. I, but like, I'm not a phone guy in general. Like, I feel like the guy who usually is going to pick up is Cap. Yep. Because he's the super big phone guy. But then I don't know if I would trust after he picked up the phone that he could save my life. So I, like, I'll still say Waddle will still pick up his phone for the most part. He busts me about not picking up my phone, but I'm better these days. So, you know, I think though that cap picks up the phone the most, I, I have very little faith that Carmen would pick up the phone that he's running around with the kids, Zetterman running around with the kids. Miller is definitely not picking up the phone. <laughs> he, he keeps butt dialing me. Again, when I saw him, he called me yesterday and like, I knew when I saw Jeff Miller and it was right before the Sox were going to play. Like I knew, I, I knew it had to be a mistake. And sure enough, I pick up the phone and I hear him like giving his son soccer instructions in the background. So I'm like, hello, hello, Miller. Do you mean this? And I just hung up and I just texted him. I go, was that a butt dial? And yes, it, of course it was. So that's kind of the the way things go. And he's verbally undressing his son at the soccer game. And you're like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Putting him through some cone drills. Right. One of the great things about your show, Sylvie, is that you're so open with your personal life on the radio. What's the one story that got you in the most trouble with your wife? Um, you know, probably the, the recent one, she's like, she got pissed over that when, when I told that she pooped the bed. Um, but she like, even that level of her being upset wasn't, it was just like, come on. Um, she knows pretty much that what, what the, the situation is and that she knows that that's how I've always been. And I think that's why people like the show is that we share. So I think she pretty, she, she was bad, but she also deep down knows that most anything that happens in our, in our, uh, in our house is going to be told. I think the thing that I got the most blowback for, not from her, but just in general, and I continue to hear other stories from it. I should 
give an update about it was when I shared the info about my son's birthday party, when the other party was trying to copy what we were doing. Oh, yeah. And, yes. And, and then they took the same exact idea and they didn't want to go in that when they found out that we were talking about them on the radio, that mm. that didn't go well um, on many levels and many things I probably can't share. But my wife even like said, people still come up to her to this day saying after they heard about that, they weren't sure like what she would be like. Like they were even scared to like get involved with us. Mm. Oh man. Um, to be fair, that was just an incredible couple days of radio. It really was. <laughs> the phones were hopping, but, but yeah, uh, but I, I don't regret it. I mean, that's what, that that's what makes radio fun. I think like anybody can, you know, just talk about the sport or the game, but um, it's fun when you can connect with your listener on multi different ways like you guys want to have fun so sylvie we argue about a lot of things we argue about the offensive line we argue about head coaches offensive scheme all those things but i think the thing we argue the most about is food and so we got to know do you have any hot food takes any strongly just disliked opinions about food where do you where do you kind of stand on all that no i've sort of grown into the guy where like eat what you want, love what you want. Like I always, I joke today, but to Waddle about it, like he's the worst dessert guy I've ever seen. I've never seen someone who doesn't know how to order a dessert or know what they would want for dessert or even have a desire to eat dessert. It's hilarious. But like, if, like if you're meaning like ketchup on a hot dog, I don't care. Um, I don't care if you put A1 sauce on a steak. I don't do it. I don't put ketchup on a hot dog. Um, I'm trying to think like any other like hot takes. Like I saw Barstool was saying like about a year ago that I was arguing with them where they said they were saying that pizza is not an appetizer. And like I'm pretty dug in on that, that 100% if you're in the right restaurant, pizza is an appetizer and maybe one of the best appetizers that when you're at a good Italian restaurant and they make like a good 10 inch artisan pizza with like Buffalo mozzarella or something like that, like you better damn get a pizza for the table to split up before we eat dinner. Sylvie, I I heard all the, the charcoal propane talk today. I have to just recommend if you get a chance to cook a steak in a wood fired oven, if you haven't done so, it's phenomenal. Yeah, I, I love the pizza in the wood fire oven. To me, dude, it's just I'm so bad at everything <laughs> with that, that that's so much stuff. Like whether I've got to buy it and then I've got to clean it. And like the biggest thing that I did was I went with an outdoor fireplace, wood burning fireplace last year. And I probably and I loved it. I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the way. The wood smells sitting in front of it was the most relaxing thing. And wouldn't you know, this year, I haven't built one fire all damn spring and summer. So, like, it's just that's if it's if it's a little bit of work, I'm probably shying away from it. Maybe because my kids are just nuts. Well, we got the uh, gas fire table recently. I love building bonfires, but now you just turn that thing on and it, it takes off all the work. Right. Perfect. Right. Doesn't have the heat that the wood fire one does. And that's what I loved about the heat 
is is those. But yes, it's very, like I've got one of those too, and it's just very con- convenient. You just sit and you just stare at it, and then you yeah. just turn it off, and then there's no cleanup, no nothing. Hey, before we let you go, Sylvie, um, we wanted to kind of get some more information. You guys are with ESPN 1000. Uh, you're holding the first ever football fest on Saturday, August 20th. It's at Hard Rock Casino in Northern Illinois, Northern Indiana, excuse me. Um, could you maybe like tease that a little bit? What people might be able to see if they uh, if they choose to go? Yeah, like this isn't even like the fantasy football thing. Um uh, new and improved. They're building this from the ground up. They're making it way more interactive. Like obviously one of the centerpieces that we've always done is the fantasy football convention. And I just, I've been a part of every single one of those and those were great, but I felt like it just got too luxury where a bunch of people who just wanted to hang out, drink beer and find out some stuff about football would have to sit in a bar and listen to like, lectures for long periods of time and and you know i i'll see what it is but this is going to be way more interactive where you can go station to station you can do stuff yourself you can uh talk to us i think they're going to be announcing some special guests hopefully and i i I think it and there's going to be more gambling obviously the location is the best too so um you know people can gamble before and after that I think it's going to be really, really good. And this year, too, it's free. So I don't know if you have the website. I forget what the website is. But if you just go to the website and sign up, you're in. And, like, there used to be, like, a 10 or a 15 or $20 charge. Now it's free for everyone. It's going to be great. Yeah, you can get details and register on eventbrite.com. And I think it's ESPN Chicago's Football Fest tickets. Um, but, yeah, we'll definitely link to it in the podcast description. But, Sylvie, uh, this was such a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for taking the time. Um, we'll be listening, of course, on ESPN 1000. And uh, hopefully this football season goes well for all of us where we're not as depressed as usual. Yeah. that uh, Look, if the arrow is pointing up on fields and we can watch them, mature in front of our eyes and get better game by game. Uh, I, I think we all want wins, but even if there's four, five, six wins and fields just keeps building and we're like, Oh my, we got something here. I think we're all going to look back on the year as being really successful with all the cap room and draft capital that they have going forward. So that's what I'm hoping for. And, and I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. All right. Thanks Sylvie. Have a good evening. Thanks, Sylvie. Yeah, awesome, guys. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Thank you, Sylvie. All right, have a good one. Yeah, you too. too. So, guys, that was incredible, wasn't it? I mean, so much fun to to talk with a Chicago radio legend. Uh, Going from listening to him on the radio an hour ago to then talking to him about actual Bears football, uh, what a great experience. Absolutely. I've been listening like a lot of our listeners and like you guys as well for decades you know and like uh like brendan i've gone to a couple remotes and been able to talk with waddle and sylvia a little bit and they're always the same chill personable they don't big time you at all and i think that's been a running theme on our show is that we try to get people on here that are like that because they're just so enjoyable to talk to down to earth and knowledgeable about the bears which is awesome yeah, the first time I really got to like meet Sylvie and like establish a connection with him. I don't know if I, I've shared this story before. 
it was about 10 years ago and I was in college in Iowa and I heard that he was going to be in Naperville actually, you know, by you guys at, uh, uh, crossroads, crossroads, I think the, the, uh, chicken place over there. And I said to some friends, it was on, on a Saturday afternoon. I'm like, Hey, we don't have anything going on. Like we don't do stuff until the evening. So I was like, let's drive like an hour and a half east and go see him. And we couldn't get in. The wait was like, you know, two hours long. And I tweeted him. I was like, Hey, I actually drove out from Iowa. I couldn't see you. He's like, Oh my God, really? He set me up with a VIP the next time uh, they did a remote. They gave us like ESPN swag. I got to meet him, take a picture with him and Waddle. And he's always remember, remembered me uh, by going to college in Iowa. And we continued to communicate. And as I started with Bears Wire, he started to really support me there. And he's like, you've really like, this is him, not me. He's like, you've really started to do stuff. You know, you're in the business now. And I was like, I don't know about that, but he's, I'm telling you, he really is that genuine just an incredible person who really appreciates his fans, both he and Waddle. And uh, that's, that's just really awesome to hear and have him on this show. Brendan, I, I am a broken record and I know you're getting uncomfortable the amount of times I'm thanking you, but you really truly do. Like we, we, uh, as, as a podcast crew appreciate you so very much for bringing in these phenomenal guests. And, you know, I, I know Sheldon was talking about it a little bit when we decided to walk away from the bear down report you know, we kind of thought, Hey, we can really, we can make this our thing and we can really kind of run with it. And I know dude, that you have been such an integral part of this. And I just, I'm elated guys, uh, everybody that's listening. This is how I am. This is how I always am. Ask Jack. It is true. Uh, to, to be able to do this podcast with Logan Bradley, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Shagru, Jack, Wright. I'm just thrilled, man. And I just, it's, this was, this was a big, this was a big one for our podcast. Yeah, that is how Ryan is. He's a genuinely yeah. awesome guy. It's probably one of the reasons why Jack stalks him and follows him to his haircut appointments. But um. <laughs> I've asked you to keep that off air, Shells. <laughs> All right. So, gentlemen, that is a phenomenal, phenomenal interview. Let's talk quickly before we get out of here. Uh, Nikhil Harry, wide receiver, seventh round uh, pick coming in from the New England Patriots. Uh, there's a lot talking about it. Jack and I had a chance to talk about him briefly on the Irish Bears show. So I'd much rather hear Sheldon and Shagru. And then Jack, if you have any leftover thoughts after we hear from those two guys. Yeah, it's a why not move for me? I, you know, we're at the point in the offseason where everybody makes a big deal out of everything. And, and you know, folks are polarizing on both sides. I, I think I saw a tweet and I apologize to the guy. I don't know if he anyway, he tweeted something about the optics of the trade. It's like, man, we're talking about a future seventh round pick for a former first round talent. And we're, we're worried about optics. Like who cares if it works out great, if it doesn't great, like there's literally little to no risk in this move and potentially some upside. So uh, I'm intrigued to see if he can slide in maybe as a, as a tight end, Uh, what he can add. He's a great run blocker. We know that. I mean, I remember, I can't remember the game, but I remember, um, watching him with the Patriots. And I think it was the game against the bills where they ran the ball like 162 times and they ran the same play where he'd have this, like he'd like crash down and, and, and seal off the edge. And he ran the same play like 20 times and they couldn't figure it out. And he just was phenomenal in run blocking. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, and, and we'll see what he can do, but it, it's a low risk, potentially high upside move. Yeah. You said it about being polarizing like one way or the other, like this is either the worst move the bears have ever made, or he is going to be the next team's wide receiver one. And I'm just like, guys, it's, it's a move for a receiver who's struggling that could pay off with a pick that isn't going to materialize for over a year and a half. Like that's, 
that's what we're talking about here. And I think it's a fine move. I mean, if you're mad in 2024, like get, get at me in a year and a half and say, darn, I really wish the bears had their seventh round pick because we traded it for Nikhil Harry in terms of the player himself. I will say I'm not that impressed. I think he isn't the most athletic player on the field. I heard Jack talk about it. His his speed is just not there. He's contesting a lot of catches, but he's not creating a lot of separation. He is listed as a wide receiver still. So perhaps there's a chance for like a hybrid tight end situation. And I do want to see him with a different play caller too. Believe it or not, there was some stuff going on with Josh McDaniels over the first couple of years, he was running a lot of jet sweeps and really only catching bubble screens and a Cam Newton led offense. And then once Mac Jones actually took over, they started moving him around the field a little more, even though he only had 12 catches last year. So I'm interested to see him. I think if he can give us like 350 yards and like three touchdowns, that's fine. Uh, You know, as another weapon for Justin Fields, I'm fine sacrificing a seventh round pick in 2024. I would say, you know, nobody cares about your, your fantasy team and nobody, I would also say nobody cares about your 40 time, but can I just say, I'm continually amazed by the size and speed of these guys. I I'm five eleven. I ran a four, five, three forty in college. He is six, four, 225 pounds. He ran a four, five, nine, 40. I just like, can you even wrap your hat around what kinds of freaks of natures these guys are to be able to have that type of size and speed? And then he really does have great hands. And you mentioned it, leapability. I didn't think he passed the eye test for me, but I agree with you, both of you. I, I think it's worth the risk. I think, why not? First round draft pick for a seventh rounder. Let's see what he can do. Jack, you're coming in with a humble brag of running a four five forty, man. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm not trying to. I always for, <laughs> hey for, okay, for a white awesome. guy. I was somewhat fast as a Division three football player. Hey, good job, Jack. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I like that he is a prove it guy. That's what Poles is doing. He's hey, you know what? We're going to bring you on a prove it or or leave. That's the kind of the kind of contracts that he seems to be giving out right now, which he's kind of limited by the cap space anyway. So those are the types of guys that you want to bring in. Guys that it's it's play well, or we'll send you out the door and we're not spending much to do it. So it just seems like it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. My guy, Tommy Cavanaugh had a great tweet. He said, Pace would have made the same move, but traded a third round pick instead of a future seven. (laughs) So true, right? I mean, that is scary. True. All right, gentlemen, it is time to get out of here. It's time to give shout outs. Uh, This was a really fun middle of the week episode, which is not our usual. And we will have an episode out for you guys on Monday. We've got a good guest, uh, which we will be teasing out about a little bit later. So for shout outs, gentlemen, we're going to go Jack, Brendan, Sheldon, and I will finish it up. Shout outs, boys. Well, since we just finished it up, got to shout out the the guys and girls at the uh, Irish Bears show, Ant and Kieran and Corey and Tony and Adam was with us today as well. Great people, really good show. Their analysis, I think, is top rate, especially Karen does a lot with uh, video graphics and analysis. Uh, They put out a ton of stuff. If you're not following them or subscribing, do that right after you follow and subscribe all of our socials as well. But shout out to the Irish Bears show. Had a great time chatting with them today. My shout out quickly goes to Gregory Bell at the Disciple 92, uh, simply because... He is also a fan of the greatest candy bar that has ever stocked the gas station shelves or grocery store shelves. And that is the fast break. 
And I got to tell you, I was shocked when uh, our guys at CHGO, um, the startup in Chicago, tweeted out some Halloween candy or some fun size candy or whatever. And I saw fast break in there and I about lost it. I was so excited. Um, so shout out to him. And you know what? Shout out to Dunkin' Donuts too, because uh, I am currently in the process of trying to get them to sponsor me. And I think they might be flirting with me back. So that would be just excellent. So shout out to you, Duncan. <laughs> so we don't uh, coordinate our shout outs, but I was also going to shout out Gregory Bell uh, for a different reason, though. My man's celebrating his 10th anniversary uh, today. So congratulations. That's a, a, a heck of a milestone. And another one of my followers that uh, is celebrating a milestone today, a birthday, actually. And I apologize if I'm getting your last name wrong, Chris, but Chris Yacoub, uh, he's at C-Y-A-C-O-U-B-713. Uh, happy birthday to you. And uh, shout out to Brendan again, uh, just to make you a little bit more uncomfortable. Uh, thank you so much for for. Uh, all you do for the pod and for getting um, Sylvie on the podcast tonight. That was, that was an episode I'll never forget, man. So thank you. Todd Welter. I know he is a contributor at DeWindy City with uh, Fansided Network, just like Patrick Sheldon is. Um, and he's been retweeting our stuff and interacting with us and been very, very complimentary. So Todd, thank you very, very, very much for all of that stuff. Noel from the Irish Bear Show, because Jack shouted out everybody else. And Noel really, really wanted to be there today, but wasn't able to. It was a huge crew, but Noel is just a wonderful, wonderful guy. He retweets all of our stuff, but he's just a, he's just a, a good guy. I don't know what else to say. And so Noel, thank you so very, very much. Uh, Jonathan A. Hand, which I think he's been shouted out by everybody in our podcast, but uh, me now specifically, Jonathan is just a wonderful guy and has been so complimentary of our stuff, has been sharing it. And so thank you, Jonathan. We really, really, really appreciate you for all of us at the Bear Down Chicago podcast. I, I just, as I scroll through every once in a while, I see there, there's another Bears podcast. There's another Bears podcast. And knowing that you are listening to us it, it's, it's just, we, we can't thank you enough. It's, it's, we, we want to make sure that we make a point of it at every single episode to say thank you. And when we say we appreciate it, we genuinely mean it. There are so many places to go for Bears content, but you're choosing to be here and we appreciate it so, so very much. For Brennan Chagru, dude, Brennan Chagru. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Brennan Chagru, Patrick Sheldon, Logan Bradley, Jack Wright, and I'm Ryan Daniel. Folks, thank you so very much for listening. And as always, bear down, Chicago. Chicago.